Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I am your co-host, Phil. And today's film is not your typical A24 movie. Ooh. I thought you might say something about A24 right there in the opening. Yeah? Well, how could you not? Uh, how could you not? Um, I will counter that, Phil, by saying that this is yet another example of A24 doing very interesting and unusual work, taking a risk on a film, uh, just in a, maybe a different, uh, maybe a different feel from some of the other, other films, but, uh, in, in the same headspace as the rest of the stuff that they're releasing. Interesting. Well, we say. can have a great conversation about risk, I think with this one. Indeed. indeed. Um, I'm Andrew. The, I'm your other co-host, by the way. And that was really kind of my intro <laughs> was going to be about that anyway. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're talking about the lovers today, which is a film that judging by the votes on IMDb, Yikes. Uh, <laughs> hasn't exactly caught fire with audiences. No, it is not. Um, but I recall seeing the previews on multiple films a couple months back. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a and, few. Yeah, and I was, uh, I, I was. The trailers worked on me to the point that I wanted to see it. Now I've seen it, and we're about to talk about it. <laughs> this uh, is but all first, true. I want to tell you guys out there where you can find us on the web. You can go to our blog, which is found at www.in-the-q. That's the letter Q. dot com. You can go to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for in the Q. Q U E U E is how it's spelled. On uh, both of those places, you can leave comments. Uh, we prefer that you would do that on the Facebook page, though, because then we can actually get in touch with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you'll also find all of our episodes uh, posted on both of those platforms. Um, but if you want to request a movie for us to review, please go to our Facebook page and do so, and we'll Skype you in and have a recording sesh with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also have a Twitter. It is at ITQ Podcast. And lastly, you can find us on iTunes or Podcast, Overcast, or any number of other podcast apps. Uh, we don't really have control over where we end up. It's just kind of <laughs> luck of the draw. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, we never requested to be on Podcast or Overcast. No, it's but that's why happen. they're called aggregators, because they go out there and search for RSS feeds and then yeah. compile them. And we have an RSS feed that is publicly available. So there you go. That's the long and the short of it. It is. Um, so, without further ado, today's movie is The Lovers. I've got a crazy idea. Hey. She wants to live with you. I'm just flinging myself at your head. I don't quite know how you'll take this, but, well, I've got to get it off my chest. <laughs> I missed you, Lucy. I wanted to see you. Is that okay? Can't tell you the amount of times that I've sat here and just imagined you sitting right there. To us. To us. I'll tell my wife it's over. I'm gonna tell him I promise. This is great news. It's great news. We have a date. A real one. I got that. <laughs> yes! Yeah. We actually have a date. A real date.
can't stop thinking about you. Any chance we can find some time during the day? I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do. Are you seeing someone else? You are so close to finally breaking free. No, but I can't do it. And I never thought I'd feel this way the way I feel. I've hardly seen you last week. I've been overly occupied. So you're screwing your wife now? As if. Mary! What happened? Well, you fell asleep on me. That's what happened. You're a coward, Michael. You need to tell her now. Everybody knows I'm an idiot, all right? Come back. I'm a moron. Oh, hey, pizza? Uh, not today, Barry. Thanks. I got a scoop. So the premise of this movie is uber simple. Oh, yeah, uh, very much so. It's a very archetypal story. It's a long-married couple who are in a sort of a lackluster relationship they mm. the spark has dissipated from their love mm. and uh as the film begins they are both involved in their own extramarital affairs mm. uh and as the trailer very clearly explains uh what happens is a seemingly random spark gets reignited uh yeah uh, right when they're when they're both at the cusp of fully committing to their uh, lover and uh, and abandoning their marriage. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so they find themselves attracted to one another again, and then their respective lovers on either side are getting increasingly more frustrated mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. And, so, like, yeah. And what the trailer does not cover is that there is a subplot involving their son who is bringing his girlfriend home uh, and it is putting some added pressure on all of the relationships involved because uh, the son creates an excuse, you know, a deadline, essentially. You know, once this thing is done, then we can be together, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it has kind of the, the premise of like a classic comedy of manners, I, I would say. Sure. You know, like a a stage play sure it's a very it's a very talky film there's not a whole lot of action yep um but yeah so let's just dive in um yeah you want to should want to talk about uh the uh the a24-ishness of it and uh, maybe we should issue a spoiler alert i think we're gonna have uh, to because i think it's gonna be very hard to talk about this movie without spoiling some of the major plot points right and I think that's a good idea. So let's issue a spoiler alert now. If you are curious about this film and you don't want it to be ruined, see it first. Yeah. Then come back to this podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, that being said. You want me to this... talk about the A24-ishness or no? No, I do want to talk about that. And okay. I was about to Great. pontificate. Please about that. Um, do. I mean, just looking at the, the poster alone for this film, I would say what makes this whole thing A24-ish is that it is kind of edgy. And the poster itself mm. 
nearly cleaves the two stars in half by placing them at the very edges of the frame. And the edginess of the story, while it is kind of like a, a feel-good romantic comedy of sorts, the edginess of it for me is the way it depicts morality. Mm. Now, when when the film begins and these two people are right in the middle of their affairs and consistent throughout the film, the, the director in particular never really, I feel, casts judgment on what they do. Yeah, yeah, uh, I would agree. The, the director never tries to paint a picture that adultery is wrong uh, or... Right, even, I would yeah. say. The director being Azazel Jacobs, incidentally. Mm -hmm. Who actually wrote and directed this film. He's mm -hmm. been given a great opportunity. I'm jealous. Yeah, he, he worked on the HBO show Dallin M, it looks like, pretty extensively, along with the uh, composer and a couple of other crew members. Yeah, and uh, he's gotten this wonderful gig here. Yeah. Uh, I should, it should be said that the stars are Deborah Winger and Tracy Letts. And with I had, supporting performances by Aidan uh, Gillen and Melora Walters, who I had not right. seen in quite a while. No, you know, Melora Walters, I last saw in the deleted scenes from The Master. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was actually cut from that film completely. Which is a bummer because she's been in, she's, I think, one of the only cast members who's been in every Paul Thomas Anderson movie or pretty close to it or had been up to that point. Well, certainly not There Will Be Blood. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. That <laughs> There's one. hardly any women in that film. Yeah, she might, but be. Uh, I don't. No, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but I had never really seen Tracy Letts. His sure, he's face. Yeah, he's known for his playwriting primarily. He's a Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright and yeah. stage actor. Um, and I was, I was really kind of. Uh, amused and and delighted to see him in this movie because he's such a kind of a schlubby average presence in this film. Sure, and he doesn't come across as being a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but back to sort of the feel of the film. I saw this with with my wife, and she said something after the end of the film that I thought was actually a really honest way to kind of uh, read the film. Uh, my reaction when it was over was not positive. Uh, I thought it was basically not very good, except for a couple of scenes. Sure. And, and she said, and I asked her if she liked it, and she said, well, she didn't really like it or dislike it. It just kind of was. It was hmm. just there. And I was like, well, do you think it was a bad movie? And she said, well... No, it was just a it was just a movie. Interesting. And I think that the the position that the director takes, which is almost no position, ambivalence, is ambivalence is edgy because it does not condemn immoral behavior, but at the same time, it's not particularly interesting because it doesn't take a strong side. Very interesting, Phil. Uh -huh. You have a very interesting viewpoint on this, and one that I will take issue with in a couple of different places. Oh, okay. Um, one is uh, the A24-ishness of this. Um, I found this film to be very unique in a lot of ways. I thought uh -huh. that it, um, it was almost like a kind of... 
weirdly, I don't know, postmodern uh, acting presentation. It was like it was uh-huh. very strange the way that they sort of tried to convey the weariness and the boredom and the uh, tedium of everyday married life once it's gotten to a certain point. Uh, right. People have made certain decisions. And uh, and so the whole first half of the film probably was filled with these bizarre scenes that were just long pauses and sighs and forlorn looks at the walls and, you know, uh-huh. sort of uh-huh. strange stuff. Maybe not half the film, but a, a good chunk of it. It's a short film. It's a short film. It's only an hour and a half long. Um, and uh, and so for me, the that presentation, along with the score, which I hope we will talk about, uh-huh. uh, which is very unique and very um, unusual, although I do think that it draws very pointedly from influences such as Paul Thomas Anderson and Punch, Punch Drunk, Drunk Love, Love, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I looked it up, by the way. Melora Walters was in his first three films, but then nothing until The Master. So I was gotcha. very wrong. Um but, uh, but you know, I remember watching Magnolia and being struck dumb by her performance. And She's the face of Magnolia, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, she's in that last shot of that film. You know, what a great shot. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm in love with that movie. Anyway. Breaking break the fourth wall. Breaking the fourth wall. Just in that one moment. Never at any other point in that film. Oh, oh brilliant. Well, not entirely. Anyway. Uh <laughs> Uh, can we shift this to Magnolia? Because I could really talk. Come all on, night let's long. just talk about the movie. Um, so, uh, so I saw it as being more, um, you know, like it wasn't presented like a normal romantic comedy, as you say, or a normal uh, drama of, uh, you know, a, a sort of uh, uh, relationship drama, right? Yeah. It. Uh, it was it was told in these kind of impressionistic strokes, these very kind of uh, just uh, close-ups of of the actors as they would exhale and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was a very interesting, less conventional way of telling this story. I also think that the story itself takes a pretty hard left turn and kind of pulls the rug out from under you right towards the end. And uh, because it's been presented as one thing for most of the film, and then it kind of shifts gears and becomes something entirely different. Um, all of your expectations are upturned. Uh, I, you know, I, I felt like it was a, I, I, it was it was my probably my favorite thing about the film was this sort of shockingly strange uh, way that they kind of played with our expectations as the audience. Um, so right. in that sense, I felt like it was an A24 film because it was this very, um, you know, if A24 can pr- best be compared in American cinema history to the Weinsteins in the 90s with Miramax, which I think is probably an apt comparison for A24, even if A24 is a little bit more out there than Miramax ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if if that's the comparison, that this is, you know, this is more on the... Uh, prestige side than it is on the like uh cutting edge side you know well yeah i mean but you can say you can say that's on the prestige side because it doesn't deliver much in the way of lowbrow thrills sure Uh, i think this is this is this is a very 
astute, erudite story. Yes. Uh, you've got uh, a very dialogue-driven film. Uh, it should worth. It's worth mentioning another edgy aspect of the film, as I saw it, that kind of stood out to me, I guess for obvious reasons, is that uh, this is a, a pretty, uh, I guess, um, favorable, realistic presentation of sex at that age, married sex. Sure. Uh, because you've got this montage where the couple, after their spark has been rekindled, there's a montage of them doing it, doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> sure. And uh, and I was I was thinking, wow, you know, like this is something that you don't see in any other movie. Yeah. You, know, you don't see people who are at least sixty years of age having cunnilingus, for example. Mm -hmm. And at that mm -hmm. point, I was thinking, okay, this is the A twenty four that I know and and understand, the one that's pushing the boundaries, pushing the limits. Um, but if you look at this film purely as storytelling, mm -hmm. you've got an ever-present musical score, which, yes. like, like Punch Drunk Love, approaches and tackles the classic movie musical leitmotif and style of, of musical accompaniment. Yes. Um, and that kind of is a counterpoint to the story itself, which is doesn't lend itself to that type of glossiness. Yeah, yeah, and I would say that it's almost like another character in the film. It, it, you know, I know that's a very trite thing to say, but um, I mean, it is. It is like another character in the film. Yeah, it really, it really, uh, it really acts to direct your attention and your emotion and your, um you know, how you feel about the characters, basically. Yeah, and I think that it does, it's given too much work to do. It shoulders too much <laughs> of the burden of the yeah. storytelling. I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I do think that it's it's very powerful at certain parts in the film and very interesting at certain parts of the film, and at other times it just seems intrusive and kind of a little bit overbearing because um, I think it's trying to indicate too hard, as you say, um, yeah. kind of trying to take, take on too much of that work. Um I want to return really quickly to uh, some of the stuff that you were saying earlier, which uh, specifically I wanted to talk about like the idea of morality mm -hmm. in this film. Um, I think the key to this movie and how it does or does not cast judgment on its characters and the question of morality with regards to this movie lies in this big twist that I mentioned. Um, the twist is really representative of how the film feels about itself and how the characters even feel about each other. Right. Do you want to just go ahead and say what the twist is yeah. so that we can have like an open. Yeah. Talk? Yeah. Yeah. So double spoiler alert. If you have made it this far and you're still interested, this is uh, really going to spoil the movie for you. <laughs> so, so uh, tune out if, uh, if that's the case. Uh, so the big twist is that uh, their son has come back with his lovely young girlfriend and, uh, the way it's been presented the entire time is that the two of these uh, folks are cheating on each other unbeknownst to the other person. Um, they're just trying to get through this visit with uh, their son before they each break it off and go their separate directions and spend their lives with their lovers. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when, when the son gets there, uh, 
after a period of time and a couple of incidents that kind of force the issue, they sort of try to sit down with their son and have a talk with his girlfriend there um, so that, as his mother says, you will be here in the company of somebody that loves you. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they sit him down so that they can tell him, essentially, we're getting a divorce and we're going to break apart. And it's not that he's a lying, cheating bastard. It's that we're both lying, cheating bastards. And we've both been doing this and we both know about it. And we both have known about it for some time. And Uh, we both know about each other's lovers. And we both know, you know, which sort of serves to explain a lot of their behavior earlier in the film. That's kind of puzzling at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that I think is where the question of morality lies is that these, these are people who are okay with, the place that they've come to in their lives. They've talked it out. They've had their conversations. So this sort of rekindling of their fire, which is presented dramatically as a kind of counterpoint to the, the pulling in opposite directions that their two lovers are having on them, um, then becomes this kind of bittersweet uh, thing in that it was kind of a last hurrah. You know, it was kind of a like, we're we're well not entirely because of the the very end of the film right uh, but it is kind of a uh it, it it takes on a different quality um because there's an ending right. montage where we see you know uh each of the the parents moving in with their lovers presumably to live the rest of their lives together yeah um, but then the final sort of the button <laughs> on the end of it is that they they still have sexual feelings for each other and sure. they and they they resume an affair or they presumably resume their affair yeah. with each other. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, yeah, they become the other woman or the other man is. Yeah. The case it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of my, it's a kind of a cutesy concept and the trailer really sold it hard. Sure. I think. And it really kind of hooked me into, into thinking that this was just kind of the, the tip of the iceberg with this film, but really the trailer is the whole iceberg <laughs> and it's, it's most of it. Um, there's the filmmaking itself didn't really impress me except for one moment. And that is the only moment of really good visual storytelling in the whole film. What is that? And, and that is the moment when the husband played by Tracy Letts is, uh, staring into the meat case at the grocery store Mm -hmm. and the keys leaning down and the camera is, is uh, focused on his reflection in the glass sure. as he's trying to decide what meat to get. And then another reflection suddenly appears next to him. And then the camera pulls back and, and tilts up, and we see that this is the reveal for his wife's lover, who knows who he is, but Tracy Letts yes. doesn't know who he is. Yes, the um, lover played by Aidan Gillen. Aidan Gillen. And uh, that was a very elegant way to arrange a meeting between these two major characters and Mm -hmm. it was visual. It was seamless. Mm -hmm. It was very striking, but for the most part, you got a movie that's, uh, mostly just talking heads and I ain't talking the David Byrne kind. (laughs) Yeah. But if you're talking about morality, I live in California now and this is a California movie. It was filmed in California, (laughs) you know, and I'm not saying that all Californians are swingers or that they're all loose or they're all amoral, but I think it, it geographically makes sense that this is a West coast story. I guess so. But do you, here's my question. 
do you do you still find it amoral or immoral if they are like if they've decided that this is the best thing for themselves is that is that still an immoral act if it's you mean that what happens at the very end of the film like the way it leaves us no no i mean like the all of the decisions that they make okay so you're 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 when you're talking about morality you're talking specifically about the very end of the film well uh not necessarily. I think the end is just as amoral as everything else. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they were cheating on each other with, with lovers is not moral. Well, here's a question then, I guess, uh, that might shed some light on this. Uh, something that I found very interesting in the ending of the film, in that uh, closing montage. Uh, the closing montage shows their son and his girlfriend. Uh at his girlfriend's parents' place, and it seems to be a wonderful, lovely, loving environment. They're sharing food. It's like a it's like a nice dinner. It's very uh, unlike the kind yeah, of very functional. Yeah, very functional. It's, it's not like the standoffish relationship that he encounters at his own house. Um, so, do you think that that is a comment on whether these two characters are right or wrong? Um, hmm. Well, uh, possibly, but it's hard to really draw a comparison between the two couples, uh, mostly because sure. we don't see the the other couple that much. We don't see them nearly as much as we see the titular couple, mm -hmm. um, which I call them the titular couple because I think that they are. The, lo the name The Lovers, I think, refers to the married couple and it refers to their respective lovers. Yeah, sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that this is not an ideal marriage. I mean, whether it's dysfunctional or whether it's, whether it should be condemned as such, uh, I don't know. I mean, I have been married long enough to really judge, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely not a good marriage. I think that it could be better. And, um, I don't know. I think that the, the risk of, of, making a film about people who are lost, aimless, uh, they lead uneventful lives. Mm -hmm. The danger with making a film about that is that while you may be making a statement, uh, you, you also run the risk of making a boring film or a, a, mm -hmm. at the least an uninteresting film. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's kind of what, what happened here. Is that you, they, as Azel Jacobs made a movie that is lacking in passion and uh, mm -hmm. is just not particularly interesting or attention grabbing. Fair, fair. I I don't know that I quite felt as poorly about it as you did. I thought that it was doing some interesting stuff. Um, I thought that Deborah Winger was great in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um. Tracy Letts a little bit less so. He has a very mannered style of acting that uh, I feel like a lot of theater actors have. I felt like he, he felt like a uh -huh. theater actor on screen. Um, I think he felt like a theater playwright on screen. <laughs> not an actor at all, is that what you're saying? He's no. been on Broadway. I mean, he's been in a lot of plays on Broadway. Maybe oh, okay. not a lot. Yeah, I thought, I thought he wasn't, he didn't emote very strongly, I thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that may have also been partly the character to blame for that. And I think it was a very non-emotive kind of character. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Melora Walters and Aidan Gillen turned in 
uh, good performances as well. I loved seeing Melora Walters in this. Um, yeah. I just just hearing her voice like before I even re- realized who it was. Um, I was immediately like, "Oh my god, oh my god, it's Melora Walters." Um, yeah. So so I you know I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was a good film. I did think that it it dragged a little bit at parts. I did think that the score was probably a little bit overbearing, uh, though I will say that I, I liked it. Um, I mean, there's there's cre- in the credit sequence, if you watch the entire credits, there's considerable credit real estate given to all of the instrumentalists, all of the people playing the instruments in this film. Yeah, that's um, right. And I think that that's because they recognize how, how much of a, a presence it has in the film. Um, and and it's great to a point, but you know it did make me think, for instance, of Punch Drunk Love quite frequently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, which is made all the more complicated by the fact that Melora Walters is in this film, and it makes me then think of Magnolia. Um, <laughs> so you know, there's definitely some of those influences kind of uh, plastered onto this film. Um, it was an interesting film, I would say, more than mm-hmm. anything else. I don't think that I enjoyed myself per se right uh, but i was intrigued by it and i felt i found it to be a very uh interesting exercise of a film and and especially when it sort of gets towards the end and kind of wraps up and uh, kind of shows you what it's been doing this whole time i think it becomes a little bit more interesting of a film but i don't know if you know it, it blew my mind it's certainly it's certainly not as good as the rover for instance which has the same <laughs> score as this on imdb yeah, uh, I, I mentioned to Andrew before we started recording that the rover, the lovers have the same rating <laughs> on IMDb because I know he loves the rover so much. I do. And that's that surprised me because I think I thought the rover was was better regarded than the lovers. But yeah. of course, it's skewed because the rover has a lot more votes than the lovers does now. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so if you want to support A24 and if the film looks intriguing, I would recommend checking it out. I would say if you like um, any of these people, it's worth checking it out too. I mean, if you're a Deborah Winger fan, if you're a Melora Walters fan, if you're an Aiden Gillen fan, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones, for those who may not know offhand who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Tracy Letts fan, it's worth checking out. Um, I, I, I'll be very curious to see what Azazel Jacobs does next, because I think this is one of those films that, while not like blowing me away as, uh, you know, something... Like the rover, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, more or less. Um, it, it still was very interesting, you know. Um, so I'll be very curious to see what he does next. I'm, I'm. It makes me want to go watch Doll and M, actually, uh, oh. the HBO show. I see. Okay. Well, yeah. So overall, I think Andrew liked it more, but um, yeah. still worth checking out. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode. It's going to be another listener's choice. We're going to talk about, of all things. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Yeah. We're going to have a nice round table discussion about that film. Very excited. Yeah. It's going to be, we're going to reach new levels of, of thought and criticism. Yes, we are. So stay tuned for that and we'll catch you next time. See you then.